Are you living with purpose, passion, and making a difference in your life's journey? Well, you've come to the right place. The X Factors to Success Podcast Radio Show. Great day to you all, and welcome to the X Factors to Success Podcast Radio Show. I am your host, Ruggiero Fratarcangeli, also known as the G-Man. And today's guest is a super-duper awesome person, an influencer, serving his purpose, and making a difference in the world. But before we introduce you to our guest today, as a reminder, the X Factors to Success are five major pillars. Faith, family and friends, fitness, finance, and fun. And I believe today, our Dr. Jason Hill will talk about those elements of success and his journey, his tribulations, and also what he's pursuing to make a difference. So, we have a Dr. Jason Hill today on our show. He is a professor of philosophy at DePaul University and the author of three previous books. These include Becoming a Cosmopolitan, What It Means to Be a Human Being in the New Millennium, Civil Disobedience, and the Politics of Identity, When We Should Not Get Along, and also a current book that just recently released, that's right, which we're going to hear about, We Have Overcome. It's an immigrant's letter to the American people. He's also president and CEO of the Institute for Immigrant Assimilation. He holds a PhD in philosophy and has been a professional writer and book author for over 30 years. He is a specialist in ethics and American politics and has been published in major magazines including The Federalist, Commentary Magazine, Spike Magazine, and Salon Magazine. He has lectured and taught extensively on the subject in the United States, Europe, and Asia from 2010 to 2012, a consortium of four universities in England held a series of conferences devoted to Dr. Hill's post-human cosmopolitanism and adopted the moral vision contained therein as part of their mission statements. His scholarly articles have been published in anthologies and journals in Germany, the Czech Republic, and the Netherlands. In addition, he has written for various magazines and newspapers in which he has brought the tenets of cosmopolitanism to a wide audience. He has been interviewed regularly in various media outlets from NBC's Today Show, The Daily Caller Show, to Wisconsin, Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, San Francisco, and New York Public Radio. He is deeply committed to moral foundationalism, moral universalism, and the absolutism of reason. Jason came to the United States at the age of 20 from Jamaica and has thrived beyond his wildest dreams. He remains incredibly grateful to his country for its bountiful opportunities. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, your guest, Dr. Jason Hill. Dr. Jason Hill, how are you today? Welcome. Thank you. I'm doing really well. I'm grateful to be on your show. Thank you so much for taking your uh, busy time. I know that you're a you're just doing great things out there. You're on sh- different shows. I've been watching you and uh, listen to your uh, great uh, journey and uh, influence uh, and uh, your 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 zest for life in this uh, in this wonderful country of ours, United States of America. So thank you again. Thank you, thank you. So, Doctor Jason Hill, uh, can I call you Jason? Is that okay with you? Sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> Doctor is only for my students. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, as I mentioned in the X Factors, five key pillars. I believe by reading your your bio and extensive bio of great uh, accomplishments that uh, you fulfill a great purpose and need. And this show talks about success, and you sure exude success. And the question I'd like to ask you for all my guests to come to the show is, Jason, what is your definition of success? Well, I, I have two basic ways of defining success. One is in the professional realm, and one is in the, the moral realm. I think the first meaning of success for me is the extent to which I have remained true to the principles and the core convictions that I have forged in my character. So the extent to which I can navigate my way through life and remain true to those principles, not compromise those principles. Sometimes in life we have to make concessions, Mm -hmm. but never to compromise the core fundamental principles and the values that guide my life. If I can do that and I can wake up every morning and I can look myself in the mirror and I can say I have lived my life according to the constitutive core principles and values that guide my character and my life, then 
no matter how many professional or personal setbacks I might have had, I'm living a very, very successful life. And then in the professional realm, I think when one sets a set of goals for one's life, whether okay. it's modest or it's ambitious, mm-hmm. and you, 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 you devise a strategy, a methodology for getting there, whether it's a five-year plan, a two-year plan, and you get there incrementally, success for me means realizing in a specific time frame the realization of those goals that you have set. Um, in whatever scope, in whatever manner, it means knowing what your goals are, knowing why you have those goals, mm-hmm. um, knowing the purpose that they serve in your life, and understanding the fulfillment that they bring to your life. When you've achieved all of those in your life, I think you've achieved some semblance of success I love in it. your life. That's very deep, Dr. Jason Hill. I mean, that's a wonderful deep explanation and again you keep key things here principles and values that's and, right and uh, we're giving the opportunity to exercise the principles and values and we pursue what our passions are i use a, ter- uh, a quote live with purpose passion and yes. make a difference yes and i know that you came to this country at 20 years old as uh, i read upon you and uh, you came here with a dream that's right but yeah i'm sure your your family had instilled principles and values in you as you set foot land in the United States. Can you talk more about yes. the, about your your early early journey that uh, led you to where you are right now? Well, I, I came from a middle class background in Jamaica. I came to America with one hundred twenty dollars in my pocket with my mom, and my grandmother. My mother thought I was <laughs> I was way too young to come, so she wanted to provide moral support. But the the, the principles that my, my mother uh, taught us, uh, my brother and myself, when we were growing up. And one was that the world owes you nothing. Uh, you, don't, you don't come into this world with a sense of entitlement. And um, everything that you achieve in this world is something that you have to earn for yourself. That good things will happen, bad things will happen to good people and bad things will happen to bad people. Mm -hmm. But the cultivation of your moral goodness will always be the source of healing from which you um, recover from the inevitable bad things that will happen to you in your life. And another core principle that I learned from my family, especially from my mother, is that grit tenacity, resilience, and perseverance are the key virtues for achieving anything that you want in this life. Never expect a handout from anyone. Never, 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 never have a sense of yourself as being a victim. And this sense of victimology and entitlement are the worst impediments to achieving success because with those two, I call them vices, <laughs> you set yourself up for failure because you put yourself at the mercy of other people and you allow other people to expropriate your agency and you never get a chance to exercise mm. your own creative initiative. You never discover the power of your own creative talents that you can suffuse the world with. So yeah. those, when I set, when I set foot in America, those were some powerful values and principles that I put to work immediately. Uh, when I had the, you know, the task of working up to three jobs, 45 hours a week to put myself through school before I want a scholarship to do sure. my PhD. Uh-huh, sure. I could relate to that because I too, Jason, came here as a little boy off the boat on the Hudson River in New York from right. Italy. And uh, again, again I, I'm so honored and proud to be in this country of America. My father said, you come to this country, uh, you're going to work, you're going to respect the elders, respect the law, respect the, the opportunity to build what you need to build. And uh, I love the word you use, grit, tenacity. Yes. You know, and don't ex- you know, don't expect the entitlement. Go ahead and work for it. You work right. two, three jobs. I, too, as a young child, living in the Bronx, you know, not the yes. easiest uh, place to live, but uh, I grew up in a very ethical uh, neighborhood, Italians and multicultural, and here I am today. 
And this show is uh, is a reason of my purpose is to invite guests like yourself to be on the show to share your journey. And I love the fact that you keep you keyed into a very um, significant principle that I use in my teachings in my workshops: taking a hundred percent responsibility for your life and results. That's right. We cannot blame the outside world. We cannot blame the government. We cannot blame the, the taxes and, and the uh, the boss, the manager, the, the weather. Uh, we have to really take a, uh, an, an alignment as far as purpose, what, you, the, what you're gifted with, and then go out there and uh, make a better life for yourself, but also for your fellow citizens as well. And we That's cannot right. blame. You know, we, uh, unfortunate. No, I myself also had to pick up my bootstraps and, and, and go, you know, into, uh, into the studies and here we are today. So... I tell my students all the time, not everything that happens to you is your fault, but everything that happens to you is your responsibility. I love it. Amen, <laughs> Jason. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much for that great tenacity. And, and again, principle of value. So what's keeping you motivated now? What's your motivating factor right now? I mean, you have a new book that uh, you just recently uh, released a couple of uh, weeks ago, in which we're going to talk about, about your new book. Yes. But what motivates you now? What's your what's your driving force now? You get up in the morning and you're out, out and about. I know you have a students. You're a professor at DePaul University, as I indicated. Yes. So what's your what's your biggest motivating factor? My, my motivating factor, I have a, a couple of things that motivate me in the world. One is uh, a, I have a, a strong love for humanity that is, is, is very visceral. I can't explain it any more than I can explain why I like certain types of food or music. I, I have a strong sense. I'm a philosopher by training, and I have a strong sense to, to, to discover the truth in the world. I believe in objective truth. I'm not a cultural relativist. I'm not um, someone who thinks that truth is arbitrary. I do think that there are truths, there are moral truths in the world. And I like to, to discover those truths and to, to, to communicate them to people. I'm a creative person by nature. So I have a strong sense. I also have a strong sense to, to repair the world, to leave the world a better place um, than, I, than, I, than I wake up each morning find, that I, you know, finding it. And what motivates me is to write, to to create um, to create order in the chaos that I find quite often in the world. To to, to create a, a stylized sense of order, and to communicate that order in the world. To give hope to people. I'm a I'm an op, I'm a hopeless optimist by heart. <laughs> I'm not a pessimist. I I think the whole world could be disintegrating, and so what motivates me is hope. I I'm a very hopeful person and I like to to communicate that sense of hope that sense of regener regeneration that we all have the power to suffuse the world with an original semblance of who we are that we as individuals carry a great deal of power inside of us and that power that I find myself possessing that power of conviction that power that passion to make the world a better place, what motivates me. And that informs my work. It's teaching my, my beloved students whom I'm passionately in love with as, as young people uh, to write an article, to write my books. Um, uh, it's a passion to, to, to really make this world that I'm profoundly in love with um, and the human species that I think is an unprecedented phenomenon, God's greatest creation. Uh, those are the things that motivate me to just, I'm filled with a sense of vitality and passion, <laughs> and I and I and I, I I just wake up every morning wanting to just suffuse the world with that passion sure, sure. and that vitality. You know, I love it. I love it. I could just uh, I just feel the energy right now on this uh, on this uh, call right now on this Zoom call, and because uh, you are coming across such a passionate individual, and and listening to you right now, it reminds me that we need to have more of you out there. You are our gift. You are a gift you. to the world. And who's ever listening right now, folks, if you're out there in the car driving from home to work, work to home, tune in, listen, stop, maybe, you know, take notes and uh, really reflect what uh, Dr. Jason Hill is doing and what he's saying. Because it is important to really reflect upon your gifts that you're giving and moving forward and serve a purpose. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you very much for that. Uh, you, uh, I, I mentioned in, in your bio, you spent some time doing some uh, work out in uh, out in England, in the uh, consortium. Can you tell us more about that, if, in, if you don't mind? 
Right. So I, I, my first book was becoming, before I wrote this book, this new book, We Have Overcome, an Immigrant's Letter to the American People, I wrote a, a number of books before on cosmopolitanism, which um, has to do with love of humanity, being a citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. And the, these set of books, these three books, which comprise a trilogy of books, had to do with how to transcend um, ethnicity, race, and nationality, not to dispense with your 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 tribal or your your origins but how to transcend them how to form kinships with people outside of your racial ethnic backgrounds and how to reach to, to people who are outside of your kin groups and in some sense to make the world a better place because we're all we are we are one race we are the, we belong to the human the human race sure and uh, so I gave a series of talks in England, and they were really, really inspired by this vision of making the world a better place by transcending ethnicity, by transcending race, by transcending nationality, and finding the common core principles that unite us all as human beings, transcending, abstracting from all the differences that make us, you know, or give us our unique identities as, as Italians, as Caribbeans, as Croatians, yes. as Germans, as Africans, and asking the question, well, what are the core universal principles? And that's what my work in cosmopolitanism aspires to do. What are those core principles? And how can we get beyond the differences and find those core principles and start having a conversation uh, that can unite us as human beings? I love it. Well, um, truly uh, amazing. I, I will make it a point to pick up uh, your earlier books as well. So since we're on this track here, can you please, uh, let's talk about your newest book. I have a new book yeah. uh, called, called We Have Overcome, An Immigrant's Letter to the American People. And it is a love letter to the American people. It is, um, I wrote that book for a number of reasons. It is, I think we live in an age of Americaphobia where there is a great deal of venom and anti-Americanism that is floating around in our culture. And I got very, very tired of hearing from a lot of writers um, spewing invectives against this great country, this great republic of ours that I think is an unprecedented phenomenon, the greatest country, the most moral country, I think, on the face of the earth. And I decided to write this book. Um, I wrote an article in Commentary Magazine that went viral and uh, a New York publisher, Simon Schuster, uh, an imprint, Bombardier Books, uh, contacted me and said, can you write a book based on the article? And so the first part of the book spells out what makes America and her treasure troves, the American people, an exceptional country and an exceptional people. So I talk about the moral meaning of America uh -huh. and what makes this country great. And then I tell the story of immigrants to flesh out what makes this country great. I tell the story of immigrants, people who came to this country, whom I have met, who can't speak a word, couldn't speak a word of English, impoverished Vietnamese peasants, mm -hmm. uh, semi-illiterate people who through tenacity, perseverance, grit, honor, with no help from the government, pulled themselves up and made something remarkable of their their lives and I tell their I tell their person stories and then I go on to tell how I went on to you know achieve my my dreams I came with $120 in my pocket it didn't matter that I came from middle class family I had to start from scratch right and I tell my story how I achieve my goals so there's a formula the book also we have overcome is a formula for success it tells your readers, how in this great country you can set certain goals, a methodology for setting those goals. I always had a five-year plan. Yeah. And I always had a methodology, a method for achieving those goals. And that's all in the book, that any goal you set, however modest, however ambitious, my goals were always ambitious, you know. Um, that's right. Set, always, you have to set the bar higher, you know, shoot for the moon and eventually you end up on the stars, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I, I tell the readers exactly how at 20 years old, I had predicted without a college degree, I had predicted the day I was going to graduate with my PhD. Amazing. Hadn't, hadn't had, didn't even have a college degree, but at 20 floating in the sky on that plane before we even touched down, I had already mapped out when I was going to graduate from college, 
when I was going to get my PhD and when my first book was going to be published. It was all worked oh. out in my hand. So Jason, if I may interrupt here, you're talking about goal setting, affirmation, yes. visualization. These are also processes where you have a strong belief, a foundation of faith that you're yes. able to achieve. Okay. Yes. And really put in alignment, whatever comes forth in your pathway, you know that you have a laser focused goal that you need to achieve in order to get to your, to your journey and to get your destination. So have you you used those uh, processes and techniques also in your. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I have a visualization process and, um, and I must say that, you know, that visualization process works tremendously because it allows you to, in some sense, materialize and seek out the very concrete specifics that you need in this world to manifest the visuals. The visuals are just not sufficient. You've got to then seek out the concretes Agreed. to give life to the abstractions because the visuals are just an abstraction. They're motivating. They keep you alive. They keep you going. Um, but you've got, you've got to understand what your goals are, why you have them, you know, they can't, they can't be the goals of other people. You can't compare yourself to other people. They have to be goals that correspond to your values, correspond to your disposition, to your sensibilities, to your talents. And they have to come from a core sense of who you are as a person. Agreed. There is a book, uh, well, there's uh, an author, a speaker that I listened to, uh, Simon Sinek. And one of his book is, What is Your Why? When you identify what is your why, your purpose becomes even more of a driving force to accomplish the goals you need to accomplish, but for a yes. great, for a greater purpose, for the humanity. And he too That's also right. sounds uh, very much in the same message that you're giving it right, right now, that uh, yes. I myself also, I have my goals in electronic form, in next form, and whatever <laughs> form, but it's a, it's a process. I know that I have my major purpose, my life purpose is to inspire and energize others to identify their potential to achieve their dreams, passions, find inner joy and peace in their life's journey. And this is the, the podcast. This is my conduit. This podcast show is just exactly that, to bring guests yes. like yourself to have a purpose and, and sharing that to the world. So any any further insight on, on, your, on, on pursuing goals and, and dreams since we're on this uh, topic here? I think one has to pace oneself oneself. And I think one has to give oneself permission to fail. And there's no greater country in the face on the face of the earth than America that gives you a chance to recoup from your failures. You can't be afraid of failure. Um, so you have to pace yourself. You can't be too, you can't be too, you have to be passionate and you have to be very disciplined and focused, but one cannot be too extreme in the pursuit of either goodness or the pursuit of one's goals. And one has to be prepared to fail and to learn from those failures. I have failed a couple of times in the pursuit of my goals. And I've learned from those failures. I've known exactly why I failed, what went wrong in the process. I learned not to blame other people for my failures. There you go. To take a sense of accountability, to learn the lessons, and to realize that every failure was a learning experience. See, I really don't, actually, I don't configure my life I take it back. I don't configure my life in which failure is. Um, well, it's part of the learning process. It, it, it's part of the. Uh, it's the learning process. You know, yes, uh, it's just that Thomas I, Thomas Edison. How many times did he fail to accomplish exactly. his goal? <laughs> Over ten thousand exactly. times, right? And and finally, we are enjoying what we are enjoying light. We are enjoying electricity. You know, all this uh, has come by people who have persevered who had tenacity to move forward even this technology over right now you and i are um someone maybe a thousand miles away yes and we're conducting this interview via via zoom and uh, it's amazing exactly. audio and, we, we, and i appreciate it and i am grateful for that and so these mistakes and whatever again I hate to use mistakes but failures like you said is is a part of the learning process it's uh it's a journey and uh, there's a acronym that i use all the time F-E-A-R, false events appearing real, yes. you know. Yes. <laughs> but unfortunately, our society today, and if you correct me if I'm wrong, our young millennials, and I know it's a 
it's a genre right now that people are like, what are the millennials? What do they do? And and why that they're not, you know, why, why not? They seem, for me at least, they seem they are different from the baby boomers. Yes. Uh, from Generation X and Y. So you're a professor. In your experience, are they experiencing fear to come into the world of the purpose? Well, they're they don't have a sense of the long range that I think people of my generation had. Oh. I think their range of vision is much shorter. shorter. It's a lot shorter. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we live in a society in which a protracted sense of or, or the future is shrink or, or sense of the future is shrinking. And so this is my thoughts. It seems like it's by design by our our direction of politics. And again, I, I'm, for anyone out there listening up also, it's not about politics, but again, it's about the humanity, about purpose, and about also our principles of this of country, of the United States, yeah. why the immigrants came to this country. So Yes. I think also, you know, Ruggiero, uh, it takes uh, a community, a milieu in which to foster your vision. And I was very fortunate, having been raised in Jamaica, to have come from a very strong community. I had a family, I had an extended family. Your vision was nurtured. Even though my mom didn't want me to be a writer, she thought I was going to be poor. <laughs> but she sent me to the best private school. And once I made it very clear, I wanted to be a writer and a philosopher. She said, if that's your dream, then she plied me with books. She plied me with private lessons to make sure that she said, well, if you're going to be a writer, you're going to be the best writer possible. Amazing. It we, we're we're seeing in America shrinking where communities are becoming obsolete, um, where students don't have that supportive milieu in which they're ensconced to develop their vision, and so with the shrinking of communities, with most of their socialization taking place on social media, um, the sense of connectedness and the sense of support that one needs among or with one one's peers is is absent i think we're suffering from an epidemic of loneliness and i was just reading a study a study recently i thought it would be uh, people older older people but the loneliest group of people these, these studies are showing are people individuals within the 18 to 24 year um bracket true that and, and you see what's happening out there with the uh, depression, uh, yes. youngsters also you know, not being part of, of the community, they go ahead and uh, commit an act of violence and yes. hurt themselves, but more importantly hurt their, their community, the, the, their fellow uh, citizens. And and my, my thought is the lack of guidance, which yes. stems from the foundation of family. And that's why yes. part of the X factors to success is to have a foundational family these 18 to 24 year olds they say well you're lucky they'll say to you dr jason hill but you're lucky you were fortunate do you think that just luck has just appeared to you i think luck plays some semblance of a role in everyone's life but i think no i think i think i believe i'm a philosopher i believe in what socrates says that character is destiny i love it uh, no, uh, and, think, and also, unexamined life is not worth living. Not right? worth living, <laughs> right? I think I think your values and your core principles and your convictions are the attributes that basically shape your life, because those are the attributes that allow you to make fundamental choices in the world, and those choices are the phenomena that guide your actions and the judgments that you make. And a combination of those choices, those actions, those judgments on a day-to-day basis are what really shape, give shape and structure to your life. So I think, yes, you know, there is, there is a, there's an element of luck and right timing and right place and chance. But most of us who succeed over the long haul are not carried by luck or carried by a cons- that those luck doesn't sustain you over right. a 30 year period. Correct. Right. 
agree right. with that. So it's just it's it's every everyone has a little bit of luck that helps along the way. But it's more than just luck. It's the formation of a certain and I like to use the I'm an ethicist by training and a political theorist. Okay. So I can't get away I can't <laughs> I, I, can, see I can I can never get away from the, the talk about the cultivation of a moral character. Go you right know, ahead. Yeah, go right ahead. Ethical, go right ahead. Go ahead. Continue on. An, eth an ethical character that allows you, that gives you the, the ammunition and the fuel to get through the adversities in life. That has nothing to do with luck. That has to do with volition, the exercise of your free, your God-given free will. God gives us free will. And we can sabotage that free will that he has given us, or we can exercise that free will in the service of our life, which I think he wants us to, to exercise for our flourishing, for our well-being. Um, and uh, so when people say, oh, you're just lucky, I said, yes, I've had a little bit of luck. Hmm. But it's mostly to do with taking taking, taking action, taking responsibility. Taking action. Taking responsibility, yes. You know, like uh, right now, I, I would say, am I lucky to have you on my show? Well, because I'm uh, friends with, uh, and I'm sure Mr. Carl Miller will be listening in on this podcast, and we'll give you a shout-out, Carl, uh, because of, hey, of Carl. our uh, friendship with Carl and his principles and values that we share alike as well. And similar yes. to you, uh, he said, hey, you know what? I think uh, a, a friend here, Dr. Jason Hill, would be a perfect, perfect guest on your show. And I said, I would love it. He gave me a little bit brief overview. I looked you up. I said, absolutely. And I said to myself, this is because I'm in alignment with my life purpose. That's right. And I'm attracting. Again, um, there's a, an author uh, who passed away, a teacher, Jim Rohn. And it said, you've heard many, many times over. And on this show, I say it all the time. We become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Look mm -hmm. around you. And look around, mm -hmm. I ask my, even my children, my four children, um, who you hang out with, you become the average of those individuals. And there are three subgroups for that. There's your family, there's your friends, and there's also your, your, uh, um, your professional field. And the three yes. subgroups give you also that notion as far as how do you act, how do you respond to certain areas of, of activities, and again, we become the average. If you spend time with individuals who are who are positive minded, who who cherish to live with free will, with tenacity, yes. and with grit, right? You become it as well. So that's right. Uh, I'm in I'm in I'm in total awe right now because you you you're speaking some great great value right now for our audience to listen in. And there might be some audience out there and saying, well, you know what? I don't believe in that. So if you see, folks, Jason Hill here has accomplished since 20 years old, came to this country. $120 in his pocket, you know, uh, parents, uh, family, uh, principles and values, and here he is right now, a professor, an author, a writer. It's not luck, folks. He took an action. No. So awesome. Great uh, great insight there, Dr. Jason Hill. I'm sure during your trial and tribulations, you had some role models. Would you share with the audience one or two role models that you had um, in this journey of yours so far and why? You know, it's it's really hard to speak about role models because I, my, my role models really were inconspicuous figures. They were teachers, mostly high school teachers that I had um, who are not public figures. So I don't really have role models who are public figures who, who are I'm, well known. I'm the, same, had, I'm the same way also as well. Then there might be a, a public figures, but there are role models that I've had. Like so, so. So I, I, I can I can just recall college professors or high school teachers who recognized a talent and gave me a book to read and said this will change your life or 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 encouraged me to hone a skill. Um, my mother, uh, who was quite often a difficult mother, but uh, spotted a talent and would write out seven words or up to 20 words when I was eight or nine years old in the dictionary every day yeah. uh, during my summer holidays. And she would, she was a banker. She was an accountant and she would call me from work and she would say, did you look the seven words up? She says, I don't want you looking in the dictionary or, at, or on a piece of paper, but you tell me what the meaning of those words are. They were 
big words. <laughs> we call those um, SAT words out there, right? <laughs> SAT words, right. Um, so there have just been ordinary people who have had extraordinary convictions in their lives who've inspired me along the way. Most of them have been teachers who have really, I think, when you think about what teachers earn and mm. what they give, um, they have really op opened up my vocational calling to be a teacher and to be a writer and to be a, 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 a disseminator of knowledge. Um, it's their passion that uh, has really, really inspired me and, and, and their willingness to, to give of themselves for a larger, something much larger than themselves. And that's how I, that's how I configure my life. I have my personal goals, but I see myself in some sense as, I don't want to sound lofty and say I'm doing God's work. I would just say I see myself as doing some small. The universal work yeah. that's putting you in the trajectory of making a difference. Making the world a better place, better place. repairing the world. Yeah. There is a, a page, the first page is on your book that says, in uh, quote, I'm quoting you here, I guess you were here, the, uh, mm -hmm. to the American people in the name of the best within you. Yes. And I think that's deep down in your message also, making people see and find their purpose moving forward, being the best version of themselves. Yeah, the book is dedicated to the American people in the name of the best within you. That is to always, to never to never sink to the lowest common denominator within yourself. And also more importantly, yeah. to never ever base your judgment on humanity based on the lowest common denominator that you find within other people. See, I'm sort of like a hero worshiper, or I, I am always trying to find the highest common denominator within the individual and to aspire, to encourage people to aspire towards that. And I think one of the great things about America is that it's an aspirational country and people have aspirational identities that are based on not the lowest, but the best within the, the individual. And America appeals to that. Super. And you hit a key, a key word. I wrote down my little notes here. Your vocation. When people yes. find their vocation, again, not their job, but their purpose, vocation. And that's where it goes deep, deep, saying, you know, you're serving a deeper purpose. Or yes. it could be anything that you're doing. Like you said, professors, are not teachers are not really recognized. I think also in this country, they're not really recognized as influencers or, or they are in certain ways i could i could we could go two different directions there but uh yes. i know in europe uh going back and forth to italy when you when you call a uh professore dottore you know a doctor and again it's very highly uh respected and when you're a, yes. a doctor like yourself dr jason hill that's why i asked you earlier i call you doctor and you say well your your students call you uh doctor but truthfully you have to honor the the time involvement and the studies and, and the work ethics that you put in to get where you are right now. And I, I think, I think, you know, your vocation, I think really is tied to your, what, to, to what brings vitality to your body. You know, I have to tell you a story where I got into 25 law schools and I, I tore up all, I tore up all the acceptance letters because I knew that the thing that was bringing vitality to my soul and my spirit, was this, was 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 studying philosophy and writing, and I and I tell my students all the time, you know, I say uh, when they come into my office and they're pursuing a degree in finance, but they really want to be an artist, or they're doing something other than what is. I say to them, what is it that brings vitality to your body? Just listen to the signals of your body, not exclusively because sometimes the body can get us into trouble, but listen to what your heart, your mind, and your body are all telling you and what brings, because the thing that brings vitality to your body is a signal that that is what you should be at least exploring in the world. Um, that's a sure sign that you're on the right track. So uh, there are statistics out there, uh, Jason, that they say that 80% of students who come out of college or university are not truly what they really want to do. Yes. They end up with other other faculties in place and 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 the 20 percentile is truly what they really love and passion because a lot of times yes. they're influenced by whom by maybe yes. their parents 
that got him yes. the right. You have to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You got to be an accountant because yes. they project what it's the financial. Hey, success! It's a it's the right key to success to to achieve in abundance right away. But I'm also I right. believe it. That's not true. Uh, even myself, right. I fall into it too. My, my parents said, oh, you know, go in computers, go into this and that. Nope, I, I went into business, international business and psychology. I uh, mine yeah. in psychology in, in my studies. Well, this is great. So, I, so Jason, we have a few more questions before we uh, say farewell, but this has been an awesome, awesome time spending, and, and you are providing some serious insights, and I'm looking forward for my audience to check in with you and, uh, and hear more about what you're doing and what you'll be doing in the future. But I want to ask you a few more questions here. There, is there one particular book that you inspired by? Well, there's a book. Um, the philosopher Ayn Rand was someone who um, – inspired me when i was young she wrote a book called atlas shrugged oh um yes indeed which which was a a great novel it's a long novel but in that book she really um gave a moral defense of capitalism and free enterprise which i think uh is is crucial for people to understand that our free enterprise system Mm -hmm. is not just a system that benefits us economically that there's a moral basis for the free enterprise system um she also creates these amazing characters who are self-actualizing creatures who believe in their creative talents and against great odds accomplish greatness. And it's a paying him to the nobility of achievement and the, the creative spirit uh, in the pursuit of one's dreams and one's goal. It's a very American novel. She also wrote The Fountainhead. Um, so that's one novel that, that really, really did. Ins- that's one book that really did inspire me tremendously. Okay. And folks, um, I'll put these uh, these recommendations in the show notes, folks. So when you are uh, get a chance, look at the show notes, so look up and uh, follow some of the recommendations by uh, Dr. Jason Hill. So- and Marcus, Are- Marcus Aurelius, the, med- the philosopher, <sighs> uh, The Meditations, is a wonderful book. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just his, his, his aphorisms, his musings, um, just soul, soul calming. It calms the soul. Are there uh, other books you want to recommend? Um, I like. Um, there's an author by the name of Camille Paglia. She's written an, an interesting book called Sexual Personae, which is. Art and Decadence from Nefertiti to um, Emily Dickinson. It's just an amazing book about the history of literature and art, uh, uh, a broad panoply of, um, um, of, of Western art and Western civilization. I'm a great fan of Western civilization because I think our core principles um, really are coming from the Western, the Western, the Western tradition. That, that 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 foundationalized America. There's a book also called um, Civilization by Kenneth Clark, um, who is a great art critic that I that I love tremendously. Um, there's uh, there's so so many books I could think of. Um, well, you're giving us some some good insight there, so I'll put these in the show notes uh, for those yeah. who are interested. Beautiful. Well, thank you for. There's a book. There's a book also called How How Capitalism Saved America by. Um, Thomas De Lorenzo. Oh, yeah. Thomas De Lorenzo. Yeah. It's a really interesting book, How Capitalism Saved America. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think in an age where free enterprise has a really a, a bad name in America, <laughs> it's becoming increasingly so. Uh, people need to understand that, you know, it's in our DNA, the free enterprise system has, and this is something I tell also in my book, We Have Overcome, how capitalism has worked for immigrants. Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a perfect, uh, you yeah. know, we're, we're perfect yeah, exactly. examples of it. You know, my, my, my father who passed away about five years ago, uh, he always wore an American flag, and I have an American flag in front of my house at all times, lit and respecting the stripes and stars there. The reason that's why right. we're in this country is, and I have four beautiful children, healthy children with a beautiful wife that's uh, supporting me and what am I doing and, and inspiring. And of course, my brand X Factors to success and to teach and to inspire, to empower people to find their dreams and passions. And uh, yes. it's given me this opportunity to be a, look, freedom of uh, podcasting and having a show and having people like yourself on, on this uh, on, on the show here. So a uh, totally in agreement in synchronization. We're synchronizing, <laughs> Dr. Jason <laughs> Hill. I love it. 
this question here, I ask every guest because I had been asked this question years ago. And this question mm. is as follows. If you were conducting this interview, what one question would you ask yourself and why? Mm. I guess the question I would ask myself is through all the adversities and all the disappointments, how have I escaped not becoming a bitter person in life? And it's a complicated question and but I will give an uncomplicated answer. Go ahead. We're listening. And one is I started out as a religious person, then became an evangelical atheist. And I had recovered my spiritual life. I'm not an atheist anymore. Okay. I've, 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 I've developed, um, I've started to develop to recover my faith and develop a strong relationship, uh, a, a recover a prayer life and develop a relationship to God. And uh, I think that really, really helps um, to develop some, some, I'm not going to proselytize here, but develop some form of a spiritual life um, that helps you to appeal to a meaning and a purpose outside of yourself is something that helps you to escape bitterness. The other thing is realizing that in the larger picture of the world, that suffering is an inescapable aspect of human existence and that no one is immune from suffering. No one is immune from adversity. So when it afflicts you, do not try to think that you're so special, that you can exempt yourself from the rest of humanity. That is hubris and that's arrogance. Adopt a humble spirit, count your blessings, and simply move on. Amen. I like that because the number one, X factors to success, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning, is faith. Yeah. Faith is the foundation. I too turned around about last 15 years ago in alignment to more of a spiritual balance and bringing God, yes. universe, energy in in my foundation of my purpose and again, driving force to make a difference in this journey of mine, myself. Yes. And I see that we're on the same uh, trajectory and uh, yeah, maybe on a different road, but same trajectory going, going forward, upward, forward. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's very, it's very important. Great. Great. I, I say two, I say two, two mantras every morning. Thank you, God, for my life. And thank you for my existence here on earth. No matter what a dumpy day I'm having. No. And you know what? The, the act of, of being grateful. And again, uh, yes. the attitude of gratitude. So Dr. Jason Hill, what legacy uh, or imprint to the world would you leave behind? Let's say it's 100 years from now, and all your books yeah. that you've written, all the articles and the paper at the Hill and everything that you've been been through, what would you leave behind? And someone picks up something, hey, Dr. Jason Hill, what's what legacy or imprint would you leave behind? I think I would like people to remember that I had a fiery intellect, but a very gentle soul. And But the legacy I want to leave behind is someone who was really passionately love with humanity. Someone who loved the human species that had seen the worst of the human species and the best and never ever lost hope in humanity. And in all his works, in all his writings, in every gesture that he made in the world was always, always with the hope of working on behalf of humanity. Beautiful. That's 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 a legacy that I want to be passionate for. Passionate with humanity. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, doctor, where can the audience find you? Tell us where on social media, website, tell us give, give it to us. So, I'm on Twitter uh, at um, at Jason at Jason D Hill 6 on Twitter. And uh, they can find me on Facebook at, uh, at Dr. Jason D. Hill 1913 on Facebook, Dr. Jason D. Hill 1913. And on Twitter, I have a large Twitter following um, at, um, at Jason D. Hill 6. I don't have Instagram, so I'm just on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. That's and I have a, a website also where they can see my media activity. It's, it's just www.jasondamianhill.com. It's my middle name, Damien. So www.jasondamienhill.com. Okay. 
I'll put the, all those on the show notes for our audience to uh, to link with that and take a get to you. And uh, I'm sure if you if they correspond with you, you'll uh, respond back and give them some insights and more communications. Sure. Those who are sure. interested. Awesome. Yeah. So before we say farewell, any last comments or inspiring encouragements you'd like to leave? Final words. Yeah, I just I want to say to to my fellow compatriots that you know never give up hope on this great country of ours. I mean, we live in an era in which, um, in the last couple of years, it's become really really fashionable to 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 dump on America and to 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 be an apologist for American greatness and American exception exceptionalism. And and I would say to to my to my aspiring Americans, my fellow Americans, to to be to be to be proud of of this country and to continue to use the best within yourself to make this country a continued great country um, it's so easy to lapse into cynicism it's so easy to lapse into despair it's so easy to lapse into you know how can i make a difference but to just wake up every morning and to take as i said the book is dedicated to the american people the name of in the name of the best within you to take the best that resides within you and to apply that to the world each day, whether that's offering a smile to a stranger, whether that's offering kindness and warmth to someone in need, whether that's offering the passion of your, your business vocation, whatever whatever you think is the best within you, to apply that to the world and you leave the world a changed place and a magical place and you leave this country an amazing place the next day. Wow. Fantastic. You heard that, folks. Grit, tenacity, honor. Again, be passionate and uh, pursue your, your dreams. And uh, Dr. Jason Hill, I am so honored and pleasure to have you on the show. We want to thank you so much for spending time with us and giving us some deep insights of thank you. your journey and what's ahead of you in the future. And uh, I look forward to complete reading your, your current book. Again, we have overcome an immigrant's letter to the American people. So folks out there, grab this book here, go to, I'm sure, on, on Amazon, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Barnes and Noble. You need some other bookstores. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, we'll, go get your copy. If you want to send uh, an email out to uh, Jason, go out ahead, do that, and, uh, and, uh, really, uh, share this interview. Uh, share this podcast, folks. Those of you right there, yes, right. I'm telling you right now, stop, go ahead, press share, rate, review, okay, and uh, maybe someone in your life, maybe someone in your family like to hear the story. Again, we're all immigrants to this country and we want to protect it, serve it, and even those men and women who have served will continue to serve for the freedom and liberty and for us to pursue our X factors to success. So without further ado, once again, Dr. Jason, I thank you so much. Many blessings to you. Thank you. And same to you. Much continued success. I look forward to meet you in person one day. That'll happen. <laughs> okay. And uh, also possibly to uh, have you on a uh, on a conference that uh, I'm looking to put together uh, in 2019. Maybe have you as a keynote speaker. Again, many things can happen. You see how our roads connect, right? So Okay. So, folks, uh, you've listened to the X Factors to Success podcast show with uh, Dr. Jason Hill. Live with purpose, passion, and make a difference every day.